0: Before we get into today's checkout, I want to invite you into something brand new, our free Slack Add to Cart community. After four years of bringing you experts and leaders in e-commerce, I thought it was time to connect to you, our listeners. I have no doubt. That you can share experiences, tips, and questions that will help you in your e-commerce businesses and careers. It makes sense to bring you all together. If that sounds like a community that you want to be a part of, head on over to adddekart.com.au forward slash e-commerce community to join.
1: Welcome to The Checkout. We catch up with previous Ad to Cart guests and ask them five quick questions to get to know them better and leave you with a little extra inspiration to get through your Friday. Here's your host, Bushy.
0: Today's checkout features Nick Morgan, founder and CEO of Voodoo, a platform that connects content to commerce and brings the checkout to the customer. We're talking turbocharged, shoppable video and engagement to match. Voodoo started in 2016, and clients include Nike, Westpac, and Vogue. Nick, welcome to The Checkout. Thank you so much for joining us. We've learned a lot about Voodoo and how you're changing the game when it comes to shoppable video and a whole bunch of other formats for retailers and publishers. We had some great examples. Um, I love the News Corp and the uh, Moet example around bringing those videos to life. Got a few questions here to learn a little bit more about you. Go for it. I love it. <laughs> you might not say that afterwards. This is the loaded one. This one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We just try and get off to a good start. Get to know you. What's the weirdest thing that you've ever bought online?
1: This is not that weird. Or you, you might think it's weird. I bought vintage foot leather footstools that my grandma used to have when I was growing up. I was like, these things are amazing, and then I was like obsessed by them. And they were a real seventies, eighties thing. And I found them on I found them online years ago. And I bought two of them. And my wife hates them. She's like, "These are the ugliest things ever." And my kids are kind of tearing them apart. And I'm like, "No, they're my they were my footstools of my grandma's house." <laughs> so I've got all this kind of emotional. And I found them online and bought them, and they're just sitting there in it's our lounge room. That goes ballistic, and they don't understand what. Everybody hates them. And I'm like, you know what? I found them online and I bought them. <laughs> They're
0: mine. That's fantastic. I literally did the same thing last night, not with your grandma's footstools, but I saw there was a, there was a vintage 1990 Canberra Raiders, you know, the video easy jersey that was on that popped up in my Facebook feed and it was something like $350 and I'm like, oh, I don't really. And then I just end up, somehow I ended up buying it that night because I'm like, I've got to have it. Like I couldn't let it go. You couldn't help yeah. yourself, could you? Yeah, I got another feeling. Uh, There's something about nostalgia. All right. Number two, who is your favorite retailer?
1: Look, I'm going to have to toe the company line now and say I've been blown away with Amazon this year. Look, we are an Amazon partner. We are part of the inner sanctum in the US and there's lots of exciting things that will be announced. But what I've been exposed to from that team is really groundbreaking and really in line with what we're doing. And I think I think there's some really exciting stuff that's going to come from Amazon in the next few years. They know that they've got a big beast they've built. You know, their their .dot com platform is it's a big beast to work on. They know that um, there's an opportunity to empower shoppers wherever shoppers are. So I think there's some really exciting stuff coming out of Amazon at the moment. I'm really yeah, and they would be my favourite.
0: In terms of having that partnership with them, have you picked up on? anything around how they work, how they operate and move at speed that you've been able to incorporate into what you're developing at Voodoo?
1: Yeah, it's been really enlightening to see how their teams work. At any one time across Amazon, there's like 4,000 projects. They're they're almost running out of project names. We've got really obscure project names for their projects because they've got, you know, we're running out of names. I'm pretty impressed with the speed in which they move. Like we meet weekly. And they're always delivering. And that's not because they've just got tons of people. You'd be surprised. A lot of the innovation there doesn't have a lot of resource behind it. And they've got to do a lot with a little. So it's it's been quite validating. And it reminded me that even though Amazon is a, is a massive company, if they can do a lot with just small amounts of resources in pockets within their business, we can do a lot with a little too.
0: How nice to hear that, because sometimes you feel like it's this big beast that we're all battling against, and it is a big beast. But they are hustling, and I hate that word hustling, but they are hustling and um, working the efficiencies as much as every other retailer.
1: Yep, hundred percent.
0: Number three, which e-commerce practice do you wish was history?
1: Well, it's happening. It's the you know the death of the cookie and second and third party data. I think it's always been. You know, it's kind of like a, it's a relic of the early internet and early internet marketing. It's always been a grey zone, never been really fully attributable in different areas. I think it's a good thing for consumers, for brands, anyone that's got a budget and wants to know that they're getting solid attribution for their spend, you know, moving to first-party data is a good thing. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy.
0: <laughs> Embrace it. Don't fight it.
1: Yeah, Yeah. 100%. Yeah,
0: agree. Cool. Number four, can you recommend a book or a podcast that our listeners should immediately get into?
1: Yeah, there's so much content. Everyone's got all their favourites, right? I actually come back to a book and it's a book called Range, Why the Generalist Triumph in a Specialised World by David Epstein. I actually was made aware of this book about four years ago and it crystallises so much for myself. I often find I'm having to be, you know, I sit across so many different pieces and I've sometimes questioned you know, you have those moments of, um, you know, say, uh, imposter syndrome, you question, well, what do I know? Or, you know, do I really, you know, others know more than me. And I think that book just reminds you that we, that, you know, if you have a very experience and you've sat across quite a few different things, it can actually all come together and be quite a powerful tool. And being a generalist really allows you to operate at scale and be able to work holistically. And Off the back of reading that book, I did quite a bit of reading around generalists. And one of the things I actually came across was that in medicine, quite often, a general practitioner, a GP, can actually diagnose and be, say, more high performing, I guess you want to use that phrase, in a medical sense, because they're looking at the entire person. So a specialist will say, okay, I just specialize in this. Quite often, they can't diagnose what the problem is because they're not actually taking the entire person and everything that's happening within that person. It was a really interesting book and then it kind of opened me up to a lot, of, lot more kind of you know, stories and, and just interesting pieces of information around being a generalist.
0: That's a great analogy. My brother's a GP and he gets annoyed whenever someone says, oh, you didn't specialise. He's like, no, being the GP is the specialisation.
1: Yeah, and quite often, and I've heard stories where They've had really, really difficult cases within hospitals and they'll bring in the GP of this patient who, you know, has been the local GP and have known them for 20 years or longer and they've got this really complex problem they can't seem to solve and they'll bring the GP in to really solve the problem, you know. So, no, power dear brother.
0: Great recommendation. Thank you. It's something that I definitely struggle with and everything that you said there about imposter syndrome rings true because I am a generalist across e-commerce. I mean, e-commerce is the niche, but I'm a generalist across e-commerce and there is absolutely those moments where you go, what am I good at here? So I will be reading range. Thank you. All right, number five, finish this sentence. The future of retail is? Contextual commerce. I
1: really believe that uh, being able to... Extend your checkouts to where your customers are is going to deliver great returns and you're going to have great acquisition tool. You've got a great converting tool. It's first party data. You need to add it to your, to your channel stack. And I really think that there's a lot of opportunity. And you know, I'm not the only one. You've got a big beast sitting up there in Seattle that goes, actually, you know what? A lot of our future growth is going to come from off platform shopping let's head in that direction. So I think we're going to see more of that.
0: Nick, how exciting. Thank you so much for joining us on The Checkout. And um, if you're interested, go check out Voodoo, V-U-D-O-O. Been a pleasure. Thanks, mate. To hear more from Nick, jump back into Episode 330, where Nick shares how his tech enables choose-your-own-adventure-style customer journeys He unpacks the growing relationship between advertising and e-commerce and tells us why he sees the death of cookies as a cause for celebration. Let's get him out of here. Thanks for listening. And until next time, keep adding to cart.